Welcome to Getting Personal with Plant Medicine. I'm your host, Diana Crash, and today I am joined by Mallory O'Connor of the Normal Moms Club. How are you doing today, Mallory? I'm doing great. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Um, I'm glad that we finally connected. So as the title as the title says, this is about getting personal, and that's what we're definitely going to do today. Um, because parents, especially mothers, as you know, who consume cannabis, face a lot of hurdles when it comes to being public facing. And no one knows that better than you, because you've dealt with more than your share of social media trolls. And I mean, more than just trolls, you've dealt with a lot of things. So <laughs> not sure where you want to start. But can you talk about the first time that you dealt with adversity because of your public cannamom status? Yeah, so, you know, I've always been very transparent about my use of cannabis. Um, I wrote my first editorial about medical cannabis when I was 14 years old and sent it into my newspaper. What? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and this was long before, you know, they had to ask your parents before they published something, so they just printed it, and everybody got the newspaper. <laughs> wow, you're my new hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, when it really became my first, or the first significant issue I really had um, was when I had moved back to Connecticut from California. Um, I had lived there for eight years and medical cannabis was legal in California. Um, and I faced, you know, a really harsh reality that even though Connecticut had that year legalized cannabis for medical use, um, I had a family member who really disapproved of my usage. Um, and they called Child Protective Services. Uh, this led to my daughter being taken from my custody. Um, despite that I had had that medical card for six years in another state and was in the process of getting my cannabis card in Connecticut, um, the court deemed the law too new to apply to my case. Um, like no so precedent, in, right? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And it was a probate court that I went through, so it was different than a regular court. Um, so they kind of have different ways that they deal with things. Um, but this, you know, initiated a two-year battle. Um, it was drug tests. I was not able to use medical cannabis for those two years. Um, and at this time, I was a single mom. I had to pay for supervised visits to see my daughter. Um, and I had legal fees that were over $10,000. Wow. Jeez, I think that's the part that people who have never been through it don't understand like how expensive it is and how much it can cost you professionally and financially. I mean, it's just, whew, I am so sorry that you went through that. Um, and in your latest social media post that kind of went viral, there were a ton of judgmental, obtuse and wild assumptions. Um, what surprised you that, well, first of all, let's talk about the post and why you did the post. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty much a post of my son. Um, you know, we talk pretty often about cannabis because I keep it in my home. I want them to be safe, but they can also come across it really anywhere. Um, so I just made a video of my son saying, you know, looking at a cannabis leaf and saying, I can't have that. This will make me sick. Um, just to kind of call attention that you, my son's four years old when I filmed it. So it was really just to call attention that our kids can learn these things and we can keep them safe. Mm-hmm. So the video wasn't just to try to illustrate that the way that you do it in yeah. your house. And then the reaction, right, right, exactly. <laughs> the reaction to that, was it surprising to you? I mean, let's talk about that a bit because those comments, I 
I couldn't even go through them all because I <laughs> like cannot roll my eyes hard enough. I felt like they were going to get stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was so many comments. You know, the, the video has um, over a million views. It has 100,000 likes on it. Oh, so it went viral. Um, it did go viral. Yeah, then. <laughs> it definitely went viral. <laughs> it's still, I mean, I still get likes on it all day. Wow. Um, but I was really taken aback. You know, I expected like you're a bad mom, this is horrible, you're a stoner, all those things. But what really I was the amount of people who seemed to believe that my kids would only encounter cannabis in my home. They would only find it because I had it. That was the only reason that I was showing this to them was because they were gonna find it in my house. But the reality is that kids are finding cannabis on their school bus and eating it on His the street exactly <laughs> and they can find it anywhere you know how many vapes I find just walking my dog now I yeah. mean like full cartridges you know like right. I, I I have half a mind to pick them up and throw them away but I'm like um what if you know what if if I was a kid to be really honest and I didn't know anything I would probably try it yeah <laughs> I was yeah. that kind of kid. I would have been like, hey, hello, what's this? <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, it, it was that, that's really what surprised me. And the amount of people who said, you know, it's only cannabis edible that would taste like this. It's only, you know, completely ignoring the alcohol chocolates, the seltzers that look just like they could be a seltzer water, the whipped cream with alcohol in it that we sell. Um, that really seems to be ignored. Yeah, even just the cleaning products, like the poison that we have in our house. It's like it's right. just so wild to me that the people. I'm I'm making a wild assumption myself here. I think the people that are saying things like, "Oh, they only know about this because you like you just want to get high all the time," and your kids just like they just you, they have to deal with it, and that's how they know about it and all this. They're probably also the same people that have the attitude like they have to hurt themselves to to, to figure out not to do things. You know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Like, right. and also where is the, what's the worst that could happen comment? You know what I mean? Because I didn't see a lot of that. I mean, yes, I saw a few that were like, Oh, the worst that could happen is he takes a long nap, but what's the worst that could happen if they get a hold of your knives? What's the worst that could happen if they, you know, put their hands in the oven? What's the worst? Like there is, there wasn't like a logical <laughs> breakdown. Yeah, of- I read, I read a story recently about a mother who had had an event the night before at her house, and somebody had used their the baby bottle to drink vodka out of. The mom got up in the middle of the night to make the baby bottle and just thought, "Hey, it's a baby bottle. It has water in it. Put the powder in it and fed it to her son, <gasps> and the son had alcohol poisoning." But, you know, this is a mother who she had no intention of doing that. She thought it was water because who's putting vodka in a baby bottle, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like it's really ridiculous and it pushes us to be like extra whatever you want to fill in the blank, you know, extra. Um, we we want to make sure our kids are clean and well taken care of and they look like they are when they're out in the world, which is just ridiculous because, I mean, shouldn't we all have that kind of <laughs> goal as parents that they're like living their best lives and 
that means that you're living your best life too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you have kids of different ages, so those conversations change a lot. Um, But like, what kind of impact does this negativity from the trolls and the prohibitionist people have on your parenting on a day-to-day? You know, it really just encourages me to keep them very educated on the subject. Um, I want them to stay as open with me as they possibly can about these things. You know, especially, obviously, I've had issues with the school. Um, You know, I do have a very public persona here in Connecticut. Connecticut's a small state. So I... I think it really, it really just helps. It's just, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It just really encourages me to keep them educated because knowledge is power. And if they're going confidently into school and somebody asks them if their mom uses cannabis, they can go into school and they can say, yes, but she keeps it locked up. Yes, but I can't have it. So I think giving them that education allows them to educate other people which I think overall is the goal. Well, absolutely. I mean, um, I think that when they're correcting the adults, it's like, how can you even push back on that? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But especially in Connecticut, I am curious, like, what is that? What is that like? I mean, is there anyone that you can turn to in a Canamom capacity? um, IRL? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have a lot of friends who use cannabis and most of my friends, I, I honestly, I know more people that use the plant than don't use the plant. And I've really found from my public profile that I have become that person for a lot of people that they call when they're feeling worried. Um, there's a lot of people who let me know that they medicate or let me know that they use cannabis recreationally. Um So I think it helps for me to be that person. You know, I've already been through DCF. I've already been through family members, schools. Um, So I'm able to, I think when we're helping other people deal with that, it also helps us. And we really form a tight-knit community. So what do you think is the most misunderstood, misunderstood aspect of being a Canon mom publicly? You know, I think that, the idea that we're neglectful or less attentive parents um, or somehow, you know, fundamentally different from other parents, it really underscores that stigma that's still attached to cannabis. Um, Even in progressive states like California, it's, it's still crucial to really be diligent, understand local laws, locking it up. Um, You really just have to be well prepared for those people who are prohibitionists because you know, unfortunately, those seem to be the ones that hold the most power over our heads as parents. You know, in a state like Connecticut, where it just became recreationally legal, there's still a lot of gray areas. So I really work with a lot of local people to break those stigmas, especially in things like DCF. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm working with somebody right now who her project is parents who have had their children removed at a hospital for cannabis. So she's really working hard on stopping that and learning their stories um, to, to end it, you know. And it happens so frequently. I mean, 
every time I tell someone about like the research and work I've done on it and what I've learned from people who, you know, have lost custody just based off of a smell in a hospital room and people don't believe me, like the people who have no idea. (laughs) And it's, I just, it blows my mind. I mean, even here in Maryland, yes, we are, we are adult use now, but it's probably a lot like it is in Connecticut where it's, uh, there's still a lot of lack of information and, and a lot of, you know, misinformation out there, I should say. Um, and so it makes it really difficult to normalize, for lack of a better word, your cannabis use yeah. in a public way because you're like, where am I safe, you know? And then trying to talk to other people about it who, like, are beyond that point, you know, maybe their kids are older or whatever, and, and they've worked in healthcare. Like, I just had a conversation with someone the other day that was like, well, yes, but CPS won't really intervene unless this, this, and this. And I'm like, that's what they say. That is the party line. I have interviewed people from CPS and DCF and things like that, and they've said only if they can, um, only if they can ascertain that there's like immediate danger or imminent danger or whatever. But that that isn't necessarily the case, right? <laughs> like, so anyway, I mean, as you know, like. The party line might be that they won't intervene unless X, Y, and Z happens. <laughs> but it's really up to the individual, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and people, it's, it's the unchecked power is just bonkers. And people don't realize yeah. it until they're actually dealing with it themselves. And, mm-hmm. and so even if you think you're safe because of the fact that it's an adult youth state or the fact that whatever, whatever, if they deem that you were putting your child in danger and, and that could really mean a lot of different things, right? And it's different things to different people. Right. Right. (laughs) Like just being public, they might think that that is putting your children in danger somehow. Mm -hmm. Um. And so it's like, like you said, you really do have to pay attention to the laws and proceed with caution. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, how did you even make that decision to start being public or was it just not even a decision for you? Like it just naturally happened that way. Um, So, you know, I, like I said, I've always been super public about my use. Um, It's never really, you know, after I moved, I mean, I wrote, I didn't even smoke when I wrote the article. So that obviously I was 14, but when I moved to California, I finally, yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, well, I grew up in Connecticut. So like we, I like dealt with the opioid epidemic so bad. I dealt with Purdue Pharma being here. And like the fact that it was, and I watched so many of my friends end up with opiate addictions, end up with pill problems. And they're sitting here being like, well, these are legal, but you can't use cannabis. And it always just blew my mind, you know? Um, So I've always been really open about it. And what really fueled my decision, I think, I decided to start Normal Moms Club. And, you know, I originally started it just to bring attention to different kinds of moms and what we struggle with. You know, I have friends who are single moms. They have moms who work in construction and just how different all of that was. And then when I started talking about my cannabis use, I just had so many people reach out and want to know more. So it just kind of morphed into that. And the fact that I was able to be the support system and I was able to talk about child services and teaching my kids, it's helped so many people be able to do that in their own lives that 
that's the reward I get out of it. And that's, you know, why I think I continue to do it despite the uh, hardships that I can sometimes come across. (laughs) So talk about that a little more. What is the Normal Moms Club for those who don't know? So Normal Moms Club, you know, it's, it's a page that talks about cannabis use as a mom. Um, But not just that it, you know, I tell about my whole life, I tell about what I go through, I tell about, you know, my struggles with my son having behavior issues, Um, just kind of all of the things, good, bad, or in between that we don't want to talk about as moms, or people can make us feel weird about, but it normalizes it when somebody talks about it right so when we see somebody saying oh my god my son keeps misbehaving at school I keep getting phone calls like when I was going through that at first like it was the hardest thing for me I didn't know who I could talk to I didn't see anybody else talking about it um and then once I started to more people were reaching out and they're saying thank you because I never would have known what to do in this situation I never would have known how to talk to the school when I posted that video about talking to my kids so many people now are like can you tell me more about this because I don't know how to do it you know and I think that I think that a lot of parents get scared about that kind of stuff because what I tell my kids are they going to go to school and are they you know going to tell their teachers and then the teacher going to say hey my mom taught me about a cannabis leaf today (laughs) um you know my I my son went into school and told his teacher that I was going to a cannabis party and he wasn't allowed to go. Um, this, this also, you know, I got a DCF call about it. Um, and, you know, I, I was able, because I'd been through it before, to really approach the situation with confidence. And I showed her, I was like, this is where I keep myself locked up. This is what my kids know about cannabis. And, um, you know, she really, I had a great worker and I have to stress that my worker was great. So I didn't go through as much as I would have had I not have an understanding workout, but cannabis was recreational. And I I flat out said to her, if my kids said that they weren't allowed to go to a bar, would you be visiting my house right now? And she was like, no, I would not. (laughs) Wow. And you weren't, you weren't even having it. You weren't even hosting the party. You were going to one, right? No, I actually worked the door at it. So I wasn't even at the party. <laughs> Man, you didn't even get to benefit from all that BS, right? I didn't even <laughs> <have>. <laughs> um, so what advice would you give cannabis consuming parents who want to be public about their journey but are afraid? I would say definitely educate yourself on your local laws. Um, every state is different know if you should have a medical card, know if it's recreational. Um, I always tell parents to lock everything up. Um, I use LockSafe box. Um, It's on my page. They're great. It's a little case that locks. It has a little code on it. Your kids can't get into it. Keep whatever you want in there. You want to keep away from them. Um, Also being open with your kids and educating them, you know, just like in my video, what a cannabis leaf looks at. The last thing we want is our kids to eat something and us to have to make that decision to go to the hospital because unfortunately, you know, taking our kids to the hospital, that can lead to a DCF case. You know, the the most simple things of wanting to keep our kids safe, Um, you know, and find that support system of other parents who, who do consume. I'm sure if we consume, we already, you know, have those friends. Um, 
and keep keep your use as private as you want it to be. Um, like I said, I have some friends who they they don't tell anybody except for me that they consume, and then I have other friends who are all about it. They're they tell everybody just like me. So yes, you know, there's be, definitely that opposite end of the spectrum that you see. Yeah. That I'm just like it's still a little jarring to me because I'm still so cautious, but. Also, I'm like very intrigued about people who are like, yeah, I consume with, you know, not with my kids. Well, some of them even with their children if they're like a certain age, right. but they're like, yeah, right in front of them. <sighs> you know, <laughs> that was a, that was my attempt at a bong rip sound. But you know what I mean? <laughs> well, because if they, you know, if they never see it and it, it's like, what are you going to say? OK, well, I use this, but you don't know what it looks like. And then it really you know, they don't know when they go. They don't know what it looks like. They don't know what's going on. So make it as boring as possible, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) My parents were drinkers. I do not drink. It seems so not fun to me, you know, and I have my daughter is 14 now. She has no desire to use cannabis. (laughs) She you know, and I, she goes, well, I might when I'm 21, because I need my brain to be developed. You know, she she really knows, you wow. know, and she also is well aware of everything I went through with her. She, you know, knows about the story. She knows about what happened. She doesn't, you know, remember too much of it, but she knows what happened. She knows why. Wow. That is incredible. So you've just been very honest with your chi- with your kids about, yeah. not with, your sh- with your children is what I meant to say, and then kids came out. Um, so, but they, they've understood the whole process the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think honesty is, you know, even to the point where even my four-year-old, he'll say, well, you know, you know, mom, some kids can have cannabis, but they have to be really, really sick. Not like me. Wow. You know, kids understand. (laughs) Kids know what's up. We just have to give them those tools to know. Absolutely. And not just say, oh, that's poisonous. Don't touch. Don't eat. Don't do that. (laughs) Because as we all know, the more you say don't, the more they're going to want to. (laughs) Or even if that's not the case, I've seen it plenty of times play out where they wait until they're adults and they have no idea what they're doing and they just go all the way to 100 (laughs) right away. Um. So how can people support you? So you can find me on all socials, Normal Moms Club. Um, yeah, that's really the best way to support me. I have a bunch of videos. Um, I'm coming out with some educational material for parents um, on how to talk to your kids about cannabis. Um, so yeah, just stay tuned. We have a lot going coming up this year. Awesome. I cannot wait. <laughs> this episode was produced by Your Highness Media. Audio editing done by James Crash and sponsored by Mitragaya.com. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast if you haven't yet. And subscribe to our Your Highness Media newsletter on Substack for everything new going on in the Your Highness Media world.